1: Many voices are more powerful than one. When we share ideas, developments and power, we can achieve anything. Welcome to DJ and DeBard, keeping you at the top of your game. Your hosts are Dietta Jones and Richard Dent. Together, they have made a worthy life that includes a family, two businesses, a foundation and much more. They're ready to help you find your personal success. Now, here are Dieta and Richard.
2: Welcome to DJ and Dub Air. I'm Dieta Jones, your host. I'm a social justice advocate, leadership, and organizational effectiveness coach, speaker, and author. I'm joined by my better three quarters, NFL legend and pro football Hall of Famer, Richard Dent. Say hello, hello Richard. Hello,
3: hello. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> Hope everybody's well. We have The Sun Has Come Finally, up.
2: hallelujah, hallelujah.
3: The weather is getting sweater-like. <laughs> would say. Maybe a you know small sweater, half jacket. It's 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 blooming.
2: It's it, a good not, thing
3: that's taking place right now.
2: Yeah, well, I don't. Mother you,
3: Nature's treating us very well.
2: In Chicago, like let's put this in the context of for Chicago. So, blooming is meant kind of figuratively, but boy, are we unthawing. Thank goodness, huh? This I'm so true. happy. I, 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 Richard, I'm telling you today, I was so happy that the sun was out. We haven't seen sun in so, so long. It's been a tough winter. The sun was out. I was so excited. So I I took a little walk before um, my scheduled call with our special guest, Richard Bryan, who I'll introduce in just a minute. And just as I got out of the house and took a little stroll, getting my, my mind right before my call with Richard Bryan, the school calls and says, Shiloh is soaked head to toe with mud and I guess that's what happens right when the snow starts to melt everything turns to mud and slush and the kids are out they're so excited to be out playing and they're all just covered head to toe with mud and slush so it's officially that time of year Um, it was it's a it's been an adventurous day but again just having the sun out makes it all worthwhile
3: this is true.
2: So today we are really excited. Um, Our topic is uh, common sense leadership. And the conversation that we're going to be having is with a dear friend, special guest, Richard J. Bryan. And uh, Richard is not only um, a leader, a global leader, a successful entrepreneur, uh, a speaker, a go-to coach and mentor to entrepreneurs and seasoned leaders across the world, but he's also a dear friend and a longtime friend. So, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Let me, let me tell a, a couple of, let me share a little bit about you and then um, have you uh, jump on in. Um, at age 28, Richard J. Bryan took the reins of a $120 million family business when his father was forced to retire due to illness. That alone was a challenge. Worse, the business was losing $3.5 million a year. In his 10 years as CEO, Richard's leadership style matured from a controlling, hands-on manager to a true leader. Richard applied creative strategies to articulate a crystal clear vision, hire the right people, forge a dynamic team, and build a thriving, profitable business. He is the author of Being Frank, Real Life Lessons to Grow Your Business and Yourself. He is a sought-after speaker, coach to entrepreneurs, and an active leader within the National Speakers Association. More important, to my heart, he is married to my oldest and dearest friends. And, and Miss, when I say oldest, I mean, I mean as in long time we've been together. Uh, Melissa, and he is the father of the most awesome teenagers, Jessica and Austin. And he's my ski buddy and Shiloh's ski buddy. Uh, so welcome, Richard Bryan. We're so happy to have, us, uh, to have you on the uh, call with us today.
4: Deanna, yeah, no, Richard, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: It's uh, it, Right before the show, uh, the two Richards, you guys were uh, learning each other's accents, so that, that's pretty fun. Richard, Dent, good luck picking up some of these little important uh, subtleties associated with British yeah, parlance.
3: A, well, British, yeah, that's, that's a great accent. I, I look forward <laughs> to having some tea with you, buddy.
2: <laughs> Ladies love the accent. <laughs> So, so Richard, let me let me start off with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself. I read a little bit about you just now in your bio, but you have a heck of a story, and it's much more interesting when you tell it. Tell a little bit about your family history that queued you up for the uh, entrepreneurial experiences that you've had, and then now the role that you play as a speaker and as a coach and, and guide to so many other entrepreneurs and leaders.
4: Okay, I'd love to. Well, I... Um... As you know, uh, Deanna, I grew up with, uh, four generations of the same family living in, uh, in the same house, and, uh, it was pretty entertaining. I like to tell people we were like a British version of the Waltons, for people that remember that show. But, um, You know, the business was actually started by my great-grandfather back in 1913. He was originally, he was a taxi driver in Bristol, England, which is uh, the big city in the southwest of England. And, uh, And he got his first big break when he was awarded the Ford franchise in 1933. And so it was really the family business was a Ford dealership and it grew uh, sort of organically over the years with my, my grandfather and then my father joining the business. And, uh, and then I came along, and uh, after university, I, I worked in the U.S. Uh, with Ford Motor Company. I got to work with some, some great dealers and over here, and it was a fantastic experience. And, um, and I, I joined the, the family business at short notice when my father got sick, And uh, I flew back to the UK and and walked into a situation where we had uh, $120 million a year in sales, 360 staff, six locations, uh, but we also were managing to lose $3.5 million a year. We had a bank overdraft of $5 million a year, and uh, we had a lot of staff who were Entitled by their length of service, rather than focused on doing really what was the right thing for our customers, so we we were basically in a lot of trouble and about probably about six months from bankruptcy. So it wasn't the uh, best situation to walk into in my twenties. Wow! Uh, It it was a lot to uh, a lot to digest, and I you know I didn't have a lot of time to to figure out what to do. So it was it was challenging for sure.
2: Okay, so what did you do at that point? I mean, the six months from bankruptcy it's pretty intense. You're twenty something years old. What what was your first step?
4: Well, I, I had a very uh, interesting meeting with the bank where they basically told me they were giving me six months to pay down the overdraft, or, or we were we were finished. And uh, I recognised at that point I was 28 years old, and I thought, you know, I have neither the the experience, or frankly, the credibility to turn this thing around, Um, credibility with our manufacturers, our banks, you know, they just knew that that this was a Herculean task. And um, so I was smart enough to to put my ego to one side and say, actually, I need help. And um, so I went out to find the best person I could to help me out of this mess. And uh, uh, thankfully, I found him.
2: Wow, that's pretty well,
3: intensive. If, if I could say, what is it that you was planning to do outside <laughs> of your family business? So you get this call, but where were you thinking about doing outside of the car industry?
4: What was I doing prior to joining the family business?
3: Yeah, or either what is it that you was planning to do? Oh, so if well, in case, was, in case yeah, this didn't work. Yeah, that's a good question. There. I
4: wasn't necessarily planning to come into the family business at all. I was in the US. I'd met uh, Melissa, my my wife. Um, so you know, I was very happy over here. I would probably have stayed. And the the thing that made me go back, to catalyst, was a call from my mother saying that my. Uh, my father oh, was, uh, was going into hospital for a, a, a very serious operation. He, uh, he was diabetic, so he was going to have his leg amputated, which uh, was bad enough that he was diabetic, but uh, right. he also had a heart condition. So did but he did you great- have an industry
3: that you was planning to get into before you got the call?
4: Yeah, well, I was already in the industry, but I was on the working with Ford Motor Company okay, so over, here, so, over here. So, so I understood the okay, industry, nice. but I didn't necessarily want to come into the family business. And the reason for that was we had a very complicated uh, family shareholding. We had 26 owners, and uh, they were all related.
3: That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say any more. You know, I, I tell people sometimes, you know, success is within the family is, you know, it's generally your family member could, you know, friends and cousins and people, you know how to say no. But when it comes down to family and if you had wealth or if you don't have wealth within the family, it's it's, it's a tough part to bear. Yeah, exactly.
2: yeah. yeah, the negotiating is much more difficult. So you came back, you found yourself a guide, somebody who could help you through this. And then you started tackling turning around this business real quick what what were what were some of the immediate first steps beyond finding um, finding someone who could help you
4: well I think that you know there were some very uh there were some quick tactical things we did, such as um you know we had a lot of we had a lot of meetings we had a lot of bureaucracy and we you know, we we were in survival mode, so we cut a lot of that out. We put a time limit on meetings; no meeting could last longer than an hour, preferably thirty minutes. And then, um, you know, we started making decisions. We, you know, we took the, the the simple approach: if we made ten decisions in a day and we got most of them right, we would move forwards. Because when a business is in a turnaround like that, what what happens a lot of times is it's gets into a state of paralysis where no one makes any decisions. Right. And so we realized we just had to get on, make some tough decisions uh, and keep the cash flow coming because we realized that the minute we ran short of cash, the bank would, uh, would get very nervous. So we, you know, we would do things like we would have liquidation sales and sell cars at losses just to keep the cash, cash coming in to buy us some time. Yeah. Um, So, you know, lots of things that were tactical to keep us um, keep us alive in the short term and buy us the time to to have a look at the bigger picture and make some some what I would call more structural changes
2: when we we, that's really interesting. And one of the things that I want to do when we come back is to um, to talk about going from crisis mode, immediate, how do we just keep the lights on situation to Then how do you focus more strategically on aspiration and then setting yourself up to achieve that, which I think you talk about masterfully and you have, you know, really practical guidance and stories about, you know, setting a vision and then really helping to develop the team that allows that vision to come to fruition. So what we're going to do now is we're going to switch gears for just a few minutes. And while we're at a commercial break, please visit our website at www.dietajones.com, D-E-E-T-T-A-J-O-N-E-S.com and share your comments. Or hit us up on Twitter at Dieta M. Jones, at Richard underscore Dent 95, and at Richard J. Bryan. Richard, J is in James, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. We want to hear from you. So post your thoughts. We'll be right back. Friend
1: us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or... Or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic yet direct and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to one 346 9141 That number again is one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Jones at djettajones.com. Now, back to the show.
2: We're back and continuing our conversation on Common Sense Leadership with Richard J. Bryan. Richard, before we went to break, we were talking about... Um, you know, you needing to step into a leadership role in your family-owned business and really turn it around in a, a, a kind of a crisis mode. And um, once you got, you know, the, the cash flowing again and were able to buy a little time, I, I know that's part of your story. And I've heard you speak about this, that one of the things that you really did, um, and with a, a mentor who helped you really set the, set this uh, in motion, you really focused on vision and aspiration Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about that and the importance of that? Because I know that's something that a lot of our listeners also really care about. What is the role of vision? Why is it so important? And how do you use it in a practical way to make it something more than just kind of a fluffy statement, but really turn vision and aspiration into something that is able to be a driving force behind a successful business practice?
4: Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Well, I think that, you know, what we recognized was that we were in this constant state of uh, crisis management, running around, putting out fires every day, just trying to stay alive. And we needed to break that cycle. And, and the only way we could really do that was to have a vision that people could relate to that would pull all of us into the same direction. And so we we actually created a very simple vision around customer satisfaction. That said we wanted to have the best customer satisfaction in the UK for the brands that we represented, which sounds pretty simple, but when we created that vision, we were actually 245th out of 250 dealers in the UK for the main brand that we represented for customer satisfaction. (laughs) so, I think some people thought it was a little crazy, but, but what it did do was it enabled us to really focus and say, look, the only way this business is going to survive is if we can turn that around, get customer referrals up, get customer attention up, and really focus on doing things that are more customer-friendly. And so, it, it became... Uh, we didn't just sort of put it on a plaque and put it behind reception. We actually... We paid everyone in the organization from the top down a discretionary bonus linked to customer satisfaction. So if our score went up each quarter, everyone got a bonus. If it didn't, um, nobody got a bonus. And that certainly focused the mind for everyone. And um, and then we, uh, we actually had a, a party to celebrate each quarter if the score went up. And I'm pleased to say that we... We had a party almost every quarter for the next nine years. Um, and when we sold the business, we were in the top 10 nationally. So, so it did make a massive difference. But the other sort of unintended consequence is it made it very easy to, to spot people that didn't fit in and were not behaving in a way that was customer friendly. Um, so it was good from both, both sides, really. And so so it sounds like you that brought that
3: a real is. nice team approach to the family business and when you can employ people, but yet employing people giving them the strength to get incentives and as well as let them know that this company will go as you go.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 it's great team approach, absolutely. And, and And this is, it sounds like this is part of what you do now too, right? So part of what you do now in your work, is give some of this guidance and some of these strategies to other entrepreneurs.
4: Correct. And we're business owners and senior executives, really. And I, and I think, you know, anyone who's in charge of a team of people. And, but I think once you've got your vision and you've sort of defined your leadership role, because there's a difference between, you know, whether you're the manager or whether you're the owner, that's a whole other set of challenges. But I think that the key for me then becomes finding the right people. And um, and I talk about surrounding yourself with a team of A players. And, um, you know, for me, A players are, are people that contribute disproportionately to the success of your business. And funnily enough, I use a sporting analogy quite a lot. I say, you know, it's like any... It's like a sports team. You can be successful, but the only way you stay successful is to keep investing and strengthening your roster. So, Richard, I'm sure you can relate to that.
3: Yes, yeah. that's that's very that's very important to, uh, if you want to be sustainable in a business. You know, I've always believed, you, know, you can't be the smartest person in the room, but also it's not, everybody's not a leader, but people will follow if they feel that, where you're taking them is somewhere successful and you let them know how important their service are to, to the whole picture. Because at the end of the day, without their service, you can't do anything.
4: So, so Richard- yeah, they've, got to, they've got to feel that it's somewhere worth going as well, that the yeah. sacrifice is worth, worth it in the end.
2: Absolutely. Um,
4: because I think people will take some short-term pain and, um, whatever that means, whether it's in terms of um, pay or benefits or whatever, they will stick with you if they know that ultimately it's going to be worth the sacrifice.
2: Yeah. And, and and
3: that's the part that they don't see the success part. But if you tell them, like, you know, you can, yeah, Mike Dick, has said to us in three years, you know, we're going to win a Super Bowl. But, you know, yeah. but we have to pay the price to, you know, get there. And, and that's what you yeah. have to do. In, in anything that you do.
2: Richard, Brian, you have to tell the story about being the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. would you?
4: Uh, yes, yeah, so I, um, when I first started, and uh, or when I first became CEO, uh, I was 28 years old, and I walked into this boardroom with 12 of the senior management of the business around the table, and, uh, I got home that night after the meeting and my wife said, how did that go? And I said, well, it wasn't great because firstly, I don't think they're that excited that they got what they perceive as a 28-year-old kid as their leader now. And secondly, the terrifying thing is I think I'm one of the smartest people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I meant that as being terrifying because I felt like I knew nothing. Right, right. And then 10 years later, when I sold the business, I had a meeting in the same room with my then management team and it was pretty emotional and i got home and my wife said you know how, how did it go today and i said you know the great thing is i'm absolutely positive that i was the dumbest person in the room <laughs> and that that for me was the measure of how far we'd come as a business because our our talent had just got so much deeper and Better, you know, we were a better organization because of the people we, we employed, and, yeah. uh, and that was but pretty you, special. Without a
3: vision, without a vision, you know, you really don't have anything. What you right. have is a business that's not functional, that's not running properly, but yet your vision sees something, you know, that the staff and the people bought into to uh, get to where you want to go.
2: So I, yeah, I, I think
4: I think the other thing is as I got older, I, I relaxed and was more the authentic me, you know. And I, and I think the more you can be authentic and be vulnerable, then the more people uh, respect you.
2: Mm, nice. That's nice. Very wise. I agree. You know, I love I love the I love the story about vision. I I talk about vision all the time. I think it's absolutely essential for effective leadership. And I. A lot and it's so interesting to hear you bring it to life in real practical experience, you know, in your experience. you know that and what I talk to people about is the the kind of space between status quo and vision is the the energy in between is the energy that we're trying to tap into as effective leaders that that energy that allows people to bring something new into being that creative energy that's also called eustress e u s t r e s s that's where people get and stay motivated so whether it's you bringing on that those a players and building that a team or turning people who have been part of a legacy system into high high valued contribu- uh, contributors uh, either way you're able to build that team because you're tapping into a new kind of energy that is intrinsically motivating for people over time.
3: Yeah, really he, exciting. he he came in. He well some people call it fat, but you know what what I call it, you know, what is not working. Uh, who who doesn't get it? You, know, when you slim <laughs> all that down, then the picture become much brighter.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. So, so really quick, Richard, tell, Richard Brian, tell us, from your personal experience, but also as you coach and mentor other people, what are some of the major challenges that you and or others you've worked with have to overcome in order to really be successful at the senior executive level? Do
4: you know, I think one of the big challenges, and using, certainly using my experience, but also other companies that I've seen, is, is sometimes you have to change a culture You know, if you've got a culture that's not a winning culture, you have to find a way to change that. And a lot of times, if you're in a tough spot, what a lot of businesses do is they think, well, we'll just keep this to ourselves. We won't share it. And, and what happens in the absence of communication, regular communication, is that people make up their own story, and yeah. a lot of times their own story is worse than the reality. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had a situation where there are lots of rumours, there was lots of stuff going on, and, and none of it was positive. And so we started communicating more regularly and uh, and making sure that even if it was bad news we shared it you know but we shared it in a way hey we've had this setback but this is what we're going to do about it because i think that the one thing that people want is to see that you've got a plan you know they don't mind if you're telling them hey we're in a we're in trouble here as a business but we do have a plan and and this is what we're going to do about it and the only way we can be successful is with your help and your engagement Because if you lose that engagement at the ground floor level, you're finished, basically, because those are the people that are interacting with your customers.
2: Nice. Yeah, nice. And so your prioritization was, you know, all the way throughout the organization and understanding the important role of of, of communication. And that's always the big one. For me, as a person who spends a lot of time going into organizations and trying to you know, troubleshoot or problem solve or, you know, imagine how to turn around a culture that's had some challenges. Communication is always the thing that people point to. And what you're talking about is share it often and early. Um, And a lot of times I think leaders get so nervous about having communication perfect or thorough or complete or final before they share it that they're often too late. So, you know, listening listening to your guidance is a real um, breath of fresh air because, you know, if, in the absence of a story people will make up one and it's usually it's usually not as complimentary.
4: So, well, so and, let's, and I think you have to make yourself approachable that that people can share with you. You know, if if you're in your ivory tower, then then that's not gonna happen. You need to be out walking about the business and actually seeing what's going on and talking to people.
3: Yeah. That's not like what we was listening to the other day, Sunday morning day. Yep, yep. You know what he was talking about? You remember that? Mm-hmm.
2: Contentment. You know, when was that? Yep, and we were talking about contentment or something. But there was I can't yeah, remember content. what the program was. Well, yep. Yes.
3: And content is keeps you grounded. You know, right. it it's, it's some people it doesn't matter how much wealth or whatever you have. We're all on the same planet. Or else well, so you can go to Mars or somewhere and live. And, you know, you're on a different planet. But otherwise, being content with who you are, where you are, and what you're doing makes life so acceptable and peaceful.
2: Well, and the authenticity. And it sounds like the other thing that you know you, you said. You didn't say this explicitly just now, Richard. But it sounds to me like one of the things that you really overcame was a uh, a, a confidence barrier, you know, that, that you really kind of uh, were able to not just be approachable, but actually listen and hear and be willing to be flexible and give people what they need as well as setting the direction. And that's a-
3: oh, I was, I was very confident to talk to you, D. I'm just teasing. Go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> the ladies lover. <laughs>
3: Go ahead, Richard, I just had to cut in, you know. You're having
4: a little bloody mess there. Yeah, no, I I was just gonna say, I think initially I I didn't have that confidence and that came over time. And the more I relaxed and became my authentic self, the better, but, you know, having uh, Frank, who was my mentor on my shoulder to say, just tell it as it is, you know, really, really did help. Because I think it would have taken me a lot longer to get there without that outside help. Uh, you know, he was my coach and mentor, and he helped me enormously.
2: So, you know, when we when we get back um, in our next segment, let's talk a little bit about the role of coaching and mentoring, because we, we know uh, the title of your book is Being Frank. We know the important role that a mentor played in your life and also... Um, how you encourage other entrepreneurs and senior leaders to, to get mentoring and how you even as an entrepreneur in a different industry or now in multiple industries, continue to seek out mentors for yourself in order to keep growing. So we want to make sure that we talk about that and some of the benefits associated with that and some other topics. So. What we're going to do is switch gears for just a few minutes while we're at commercial break. Hit us up on Twitter at Dieta M. Jones, at Richard J. Brian, B R Y A N, at Richard underscore dent 95. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back.
1: This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers, the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic, yet direct, and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at DeettaJones.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to DJ and DeBear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to one 346 9141 That number again is one 346 9141 You may also send an email to djones at djettajones.com. Now, back to the show.
2: We're back and continuing our conversation on Common Sense Leadership with Richard J. Bryan. Richard, before we went to break, we were talking some about the important role of a mentor in your life at a critical time when you were trying to turn around um, a family business. But also, I know that you're a person who is very committed to continuing to seek out mentors, even as a seasoned professional, even uh, even as a, uh, you know, a, a person who's sought out by others as a mentor, you are a person who continues to seek out mentors for yourself. Can you talk to us a little bit about the important role of mentors in your life and in your business success?
4: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate that I've had some great mentors. But I say fortunate. I've actually, you know, I've sought them out. I've gone looking for them because I think um, a lot of times in in business and in life, you know, you need people around you that have been there and done it, done it, um, and can advise you accordingly. So I have. I had Frank in my uh, car dealership business, who was phenomenal. And he'd worked at a senior level for a number of uh, manufacturers and dealer groups. And uh, I have a guy called Grant who works with me on my uh, commercial real estate business. He's been in the commercial real estate business for 50 years. And uh, he, he's just invaluable to me, the advice he gives. And, um, and then in my speaking business, I also have a, a phenomenal coach who who is a Hall of Fame speaker and she's been doing this for, for 30 years and, and uh, has helped me tremendously. So I, I think it's just about continuous improvement, really. If you want to keep getting better, you've got to have those people around you that are going to push you outside of your comfort zone. It's the only way you improve.
3: I guess I go to say that, you know, we all, I mean, you've been in a space for <clears throat> some time, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's good to find people that's been in the space for quite some time. And, you know, you're a visionary. So people that bring that information to the person that have the vision, then that's how the picture takes place. Because, yeah, it's, it's hard to find. You find out some people are good in back room, but they're not, you know, leaders, but they're good in what they do.
2: Well, and Richard, you—you're the kind, of, Richard Dent. You're the kind of person who, in—and in not just in your business endeavors—and I think Richard Bryan, you're in similar. You're in a similar situation. You you both um, are people who are actively uh, investing in growing, no matter what you do. I mean, Richard exactly. Bryan, I see this. I see this about you when you're on the ski slopes, and Richard Den, I see this about you when you're actively pursuing, you know, Gyrotonics. I mean, you're just you you. This isn't something that you just kind of apply in one area of your life. This is a holistic approach. You know, commitment to excellence and seeking other people out to help you. Really develop deep expertise in a variety of different areas. And and that that's a real leadership quality. Leadership doesn't just apply to one little narrow part of our life.
3: Well, it's good to have good people around you, not that you're following people, but it's yeah, it keeps you on the right page. And if you're doing good things and right things, you know, God always seems to bring things and people by you, and you don't know how it happened, but some kind of way it happened.
4: Well, and I think it's the same as why, you know, why do people play musical instruments and it's the challenge of trying to get better. So whether it's a sport or whether it's your business or, you know, a hobby, it's just you want to get this human nature that you want to get better at it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you also have a lot of and drive. I think the entrepreneurial spirit is what I hear in both of you. You know, there are some people are wired differently and I'm not and I don't disagree that people do want to grow and get better. But I do think the two of you are particularly great examples of entrepreneurs, you know, people who are just hungry to to well, learn and to excel. Yeah.
3: You know, once you master something, you say, OK, it's time to move on, I mean, I play football for quite some time. And, and at some point, it, you know, it, it gets a little boring because, you know, what's taking place, you know, what's going on. And the thrill is when people who haven't seen you play or people you know to visit you and you want to entertain them in certain ways. So, you know, life, you know, sports is one part of your life, but yet is it something else out there that, that drives you? If not, then it's time to start throwing some dirt on you.
2: there has got to be more than one dimension to you. Well, this is true. So speaking of multidimensional, Richard Bryan, you are a really um, – uh, another a, a, in another way a shining example of a multi-dimensional person in that you have um, really been successful uh, professionally but you also have a really great ability to manage uh, personal and business and professional pursuits time the time management thing that a lot of senior leaders and entrepreneurs struggle with do you have any practical guidance about um how people who are entrepreneurs or how people who are, you know, senior leaders who are just constantly overwhelmed might uh, take a different approach?
4: Yeah, I think it comes back to surrounding yourself with great people, really. You know, I mean, I have, I have some phenomenal people helping me. I have uh, a woman called Jean who uh, she has worked with me for 20 years and she, uh, she really looks after the, Uh, commercial real estate business which is in based in the uk and you know we will skype or talk on the phone every monday and after that i let her get on with it i know i can get out of her way i know that she uses her initiative and and she comes back to me only if she needs a, a decision on something otherwise she gets on with it for the day to day i don't have to put that much time into it and and similarly with my speaking business i have and my consulting business i have an assistant called jessica and she's phenomenal as well and so she does all the things that 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 were taking up my time so a lot of email a lot of travel arrangements all that stuff anything that she can do she takes away from me it gives me a lot more time to focus on the things that only i can do which is about creating original content and um you know, actually being out there and delivering uh, a speech or or delivering a workshop or coaching someone, you know, it frees up my time. And it also frees up my time to, you know, have a personal life, have a life with my family.
3: Well, this says says a lot about you that, you know, you have a family business that's a bloody mess at at some point. (laughs) And you you know most people most corporation call you the cleanup man you come in yeah. and clean the company up or or clean the company up and sell it but yet you find a way to keep it running to to uh you know you, you see the fourth generation in that business that was you know it's pretty it's pretty remarkable the fact that yeah I mean you was doing some work here in in the USA but yet to go back and run that business, which I must say, taxi cab drivers in London in Europe there is is uh, it's not an easy job to get. First of all, and, and <laughs> you've been in a couple cabs, you would know that because they're all about getting you places as quickly as possible. And I enjoyed that because I was, I you know, I slept in for another twenty thirty minutes, then I jump in the cab and meet the bus and get to the. Park before the bus could even get there. So uh, I, I applaud I the cab drivers in London. There.
4: Yeah, they don't. They don't mess about. They get you there pretty quick.
3: <laughs> but that's, it says a lot to you to you know come in and you know it's 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 personal. You know, it's a personal business. It, it's it's something that you know you're a visionary, but yet how can you? Find all the right people and parts. I'm sure you had to sit, listen, watch, and make some serious decisions. It seemed like you done well.
4: Yeah. Thank you. And I think the other thing though is that I, you know, recognise that I want a a better business so that I can have a better life. You know, that's right. my my end game is I want to live my life to the fullest. And and I love what I do, both in my speaking and consulting, but also with my real estate business I love both of them but I, I love the fact that it also I, if I run them well it gives me the time to to do the things that I love doing with my family you know the skiing and the, the vacations and spending quality time with my kids and I think sometimes as business owners we're guilty of losing sight of that and we you know we think it's all about spending a hundred hours in the office each week and how many air miles we've got and it's really not
2: yeah, 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 yes. Thank you. Nice. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. One more. T- one more time. Um, we're going to switch out for just a moment. Check us out on Twitter at Dieta M Jones at Richard J Bryan at Richard Underscore Dent 95. five. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Richard Dent, a cornerstone of the Bears' overwhelming defense during their Super Bowl run and a 2011 inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was an eighth-round draft pick out of tiny Tennessee State in 1983. The tall and skinny rookie wound up with a brilliant 15-year football career. Dent's fascinating story takes you behind the scenes of one of the fiercest, most dominant defenses in NFL history. Blood, sweat, and Bears hits hard, just like its Hall of Fame author. Buy it now on Amazon or... Or download it to Kindle. Dieta Jones has been delivering expert guidance through her speaking, consulting, and writing on leadership, management, and cultural diversity for more than 20 years. Her engaging style and infectious laugh combines with mastery of personal effectiveness tools and cutting-edge research. She is diplomatic yet direct and concept-based, yet practical in her approach. If you are looking for a high-powered speaker for your next conference, consider Dietta Jones your ace in the hole. Call her at 312-870-9596 or visit her website at dietajones.com. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated. Hear about success stories and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to DJ and da Bear, keeping you at the top of your game. To reach the show today, please call in to one 346 9141 That number again is one 346 9141 You may also send an email to djones at djetajones.com. Now, back to the show.
2: We're back and continuing our conversation on common sense leadership with Richard J. Bryan. I love, I love, Richard, that you take the approach of common sense leadership because so much of what you talk about is common sense. But you know, the, the thing that you and I were talking about earlier today when we uh, got together and were planning for the show is that even though a lot of what you tell people and talk to people about is common sense, it's not common practice, so, you know, the fact that you're out there working with folks, giving them practical guidance on how to implement things that are really based in um, kind of not just best practice, but also common sense is really wonderful.
4: Thank you. Yeah, well, I think the key word you mentioned there was implementation, because that, that, in my experience, is the difference between a good business and a great business is how well you implement.
2: So what do you tell us tell us a little bit more about the work that you actually do now today with business leaders and entrepreneurs to help them get from common sense to implementation?
4: So I work with uh, business owners and uh, senior management to get them to define what their their leadership role is, where their sort of real genius is, what they're uniquely talented at, and then focus on that and then surround themselves with a complementary team of of a players and if you can do that and combine that with um with a powerful vision then then it's pretty amazing what what can happen and uh, and i think uh, a lot of the tools that i use are are tools to help them go about doing that creating the vision hiring a team of a players and then how to celebrate success, really. And I know that sounds crazy because it should be pretty obvious how to celebrate success, but a lot of people don't do it. And praise and recognition are just so powerful if you can do them effectively.
2: I love that. I love the praise and recognition. I, I call it feedback, and I, and I do that on purpose because sometimes people think feedback or, or praise and recognition is the same as attaboys, you know, kind of I like your haircut kind of stuff. But it's really about giving people... Uh, information about their behaviors that you want them to repeat or increase the propensity for doing right, and and to create to create uh, behaviors that becomes norms I- within the culture that you're trying to uh, establish. Um, so really emphasizing that. And the other thing that I'd say is, and I probably have mentioned this on a previous show, is that I always encourage people to give feedback in a six to one ratio. Right. Or or a minimum three to one ratio. But three times as often you're giving people feedback about what they're doing well and you want them to continue doing versus the times that you have to give them, you know, something that's more critical. But to really emphasize that in your work is, uh, you know, is complementary. It's wonderful.
4: Well, I think the key is to do it immediately as well, immediately that you see something that's just great. Something that you want them to repeat, you praise immediately and you be as specific as possible as what you liked about their performance or that particular piece of work they did um, because it's much more likely that they're going to repeat it then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the other words that you used earlier in the show was about engagement. And it sounds to me like what you've really nailed in your approach is, you know, taking a, a Uh, You know, taking the sense that your role as leader is really as coach and mentor and guide and trying to help people find their sweet spot for taking individual behavior and turning it to high levels of engagement in the organization that creates that winning culture that you're describing.
4: Yeah, because if you have a team of great people around you, the last thing you want to do is try and micromanage them because if you do that, they, they're likely to leave. You know, they want to know that they're in an environment where they can express their talents and, yes, they might do things slightly differently, but as long as they reach the end result, I don't think that matters. Um, what matters is that you, they know that you've got their back, that you support them, and that you're there in more of a coaching and mentoring role.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they know what the overall parameters are, right? Because you've you already created that highly anchored vision that's compelling, that, that they're incentivized to, to reach toward. Correct. Nice. Yeah,
3: everybody wants to score a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what you have to give them the feel and let them know that how important what they're doing and obviously, the benefit of that, you know, which drives them crazy is when you've been through it, you've seen it, you enjoy it, but some people just don't have the vision. But when you can help them receive that vision, like my college coach, you always say that you have to push young people to a level that they don't know that they have. And when they do get to that level, that's when their mind opens up and they can see all the things they can can have, can accomplish and to do.
2: Yeah, that unleashing.
4: And I think that was the rewarding thing for me as well in putting our team together is seeing a team of that individually um, w- would have achieved average of results but together we're achieving outstanding results is is just so rewarding
3: I'm sure you that's I mean what you accomplished with your family business I'm sure you look back now and and, and it it didn't probably didn't look too bloody bad after all with, you know, just taking time to, to gather your thoughts and gather the right people to make things happen.
4: I think it's one of those things, Richard, where you, you know, you look back with hindsight and it doesn't it seem like it was that difficult, but at the time, right. it was pretty tough. And,
3: well, and, yeah, at the time, you're and 23 and you're know, and 28 and, and you're looking at those numbers, it's pretty crazy, but... You, but you're still on the planet. You're not
4: off the planet. Oh, Richard. yeah, yeah. No, and I think it's about making the best decision you can on the day, right. really, with the right. information you've got available and, and not second-guessing it.
2: So, so Richard, tell us, uh, before we have to wind down, a little bit about resources that you know, we, know, we know you have uh, a book. Can you tell us a, a couple of uh, sentences about that, but also any other resources that our listeners would find valuable?
4: Absolutely. So uh, my book, uh, Being Frank, Real Life Lessons to Grow Your Business and Yourself, was was really written uh, and inspired by what I learned from my mentor, Frank, in the, in the turnaround of the family business. And there's 24 different leadership lessons in there. And I think it's, it's really a good thought starter for anyone who's either got their own business now or is thinking of starting one uh, or is in a management position where they've got a team of people. And it's a it's it's a pretty short book. It gets to the point, and uh, it's there to just be a catalyst for some change.
2: Nice, nice. I've read it. It's great. It's very practical, very hands-on, well-written, good stories. It's really, really good.
4: Thank you. Um, and then uh, you know my website. There's some other materials available through my website, which is uh, richardj.bryan.com, b-r-y-a-n.com. And uh, I think, as I mentioned to you uh, before off-air, I have a a seven-step process that I've seen work really well for hiring a team of A-players. It's all about where do you find your A-players. And I'm very happy to share that with your listeners if they want to email me directly, richard at richardjbryan.com. Wonderful.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful, and I will, I'll tweet that out. Richard and I will both tweet that out and send that out on social media so that people can make sure to reach out to you if they, if they wanna get access to those seven steps for creating an A-team. Richard, Brian, thank you so, so much for spending this hour with us. It flew by, it always does whenever we hang out and talk, your uh, ideas and experiences are just um, uh, you know amazing, really interesting. Uh, so thank you for joining us today. Um, Listeners, please check out our website, www.dietajones.com, and sign up for our mailing list to receive updates on our upcoming shows and other topics we hope you find of interest. We would love to hear from you, so use the blog to post your comments and ideas for the show. We're eager to respond. Until next week, keep finding ways to make a dent in pursuit of your dreams to serve your community, to make our world better.
3: Thanks again, Richard. Maybe Thank we you. Have a Thank beer you. or maybe tea.
2: <laughs> On the Otherwise. Thank
3: you. Peace and soul. <laughs>
1: Thanks again for tuning in. Please join Dietta Jones and Richard Dent for another edition of DJ and Bear. We'll be back next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.
0: and management.